Friday Lunchtime Lectures at the Open Data Institute. Welcome to the Open Data Institute. My name is Anna Scott and I am delighted to introduce Vita Baptista, who is the engineering lead at Open Knowledge International, to talk about bad data and how to fix it. <coughs> if you're watching online uh, but have any questions, please ask with the hashtag ODI Fridays and we'll be sure to ask them at the end. Thank you, everyone that's here. Thanks to the ODI for, for the invitation. And let's start. And before we start into the presentation, let me just talk a little bit about the Open Knowledge International. We are a global uh, nonprofit based in the UK, but we are a remote organization, so we have uh, people in more than 40 countries in our uh, global network. And we work helping people make use of data uh, to make better informed decisions and to make the world a better place in, in their lives and helping they do their jobs. Uh, we do that by, by creating a few projects. We have projects like the School of Data that deals with uh, data literacy skills. And we, we also build indexes like rankings of openness in, in the government so to push the governments to be more open. And we also publish some data sets, some key data sets like spending data, clinical trials data, and other projects. And our most uh, famous project is CCAN, that's an open data uh, platform, open data tool to create an open data platform that's used for, by hundreds of governments worldwide, including the UK government, the US government, and others. Um, but today I'm gonna talk about Good Tables. So Good Tables is a, is a tabular data validation tool and what it means is that it can, it can validate uh, spreadsheets like CSV, Excel files, and for things like uh, what's the structure of the table, if all the rows have the same number of columns, if, the, if there is a header, uh, if all the headers are defined, there are no blank headers, and the data itself, like if a column date has a date, if a column number has real numbers, and so on. And this is more uh, like a hands-on presentation, so uh, I'm going to show you good tables. Let, let's try it. Uh, first, I'm going to, as an example, I'm going to use this data set. It's a, it's a CSV file from, from Birmingham, the list of schools in, in Birmingham. And you can down, download the CSV and can start trying to validate it. So this, there is this website, try.goodtables.io that allows you to simply upload the file uh, and validate. We can choose the, the CSV file that we got from, from the Birmingham schools. And if we click on validate here, after a few, a few seconds, it's gonna go download this data set and return us that in this case, this data set is a, is a valid, it's a valid table. But okay, so what does it mean? What does it mean to be a valid table? Um, so there are, good table supports uh, four different validation types. We got, uh, from top to bottom, we got the basic validations that are, can I load this file at all? Like, is it, is it corrupted or can I open it? Uh, then we have structural validations that deal with, is it a proper table? Is it, does it have, all the rows have the same number of columns, uh, they have a header row and things like that? And then we go into content validation, to, so testing about the content itself, that's seeing the, the cells of the, of the table, like testing the data types, the constraints, that, oh, this number needs to be above 18, for example. 
and advanced checks that it allows you to, to create custom checks for whatever you want to check in your, in your data set. So when we, when we just tried and validating the CSV and it told us that it was valid, uh, it was using these two first validation types, the basic and the structural. This is because we just gave good tables a CSV file. Good tables do not know what's, in, what's supposed to be into this file, what, what columns it should it have, and what types should it have. So if you want to, to really do the validation and to really get a good validation, we need to describe the schema of the file that we have. And then we get, that leads us to a question. How can I describe a schema? So a schema is like a data dictionary. It, it tells you what are the columns, what are the types of the columns, what they should have. So how can I describe something like this for a machine to be able to, to, to understand? Usually a data dictionary, you get like a PDF, but this needs to be for a machine. Uh, which leads us to the frictionless data project. Uh, this is another project that we have at Open Knowledge. Uh, started working on them in 2007, but really have been focusing for in the last couple of years. And the, the idea of the frictionless data is we started looking into what's the process when you are getting data from somewhere to doing your analysis. What's this, what's this flow that is, for example, this CSV file that we got from Birmingham, what's this flow that it goes through until I can start doing my analysis? And we've seen there's lots of friction in there because even, even considering that the CSV file is valid, even considering that it is, uh, the data quality is, is there, the data itself is not the whole story. Like I need the metadata, I need to know the data dictionary, I need to know what's the license of the data, I need to know where it comes from, what's the source, what the author. So this kind of information, uh, they need to be together with the data so you can understand it and, and do the analysis. But usually when this information is available, it would be depend on the data portal. You need to look for it and to find a PDF with the uh, uh, data dictionary or whatever you need. So in frictionless data, we, we started by building uh, specifications. So we create specifications that allow you to describe a data set, to describe the schema, to describe what files are composed this data set. And we build tools that use those specifications to provide you some service, like good tables that provide validation. And in the specifications, the main ones that we're going to use now, we've got a few of them. And a, a very big design decision while writing those specifications was that they need to be simple, as simple as possible to be useful, uh, but not more. And the problem is that when you're writing a specification, it's very easy to, you need to balance between the specification needs to be expressive enough to, 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 to talk about this language, needs to be expressive enough to talk about what I want to describe, but it also needs to be simple so people will actually use it. So in, in the frictionless data specifications, we're very, very much into getting it very simple to, so people can use it. And the main one we have is a data package. The, the idea, the analogy of the data package that we've got is a, a container, shipping container. So a shipping container is this box that you can put any, anything inside it. And the box itself has the specific dimensions. And any tool that can use this box are going to be able to, to load and unload your shipping container, regardless of what's inside the shipping container. The same goes for the data package. So data package is, is this container for data. 
it can, you can add any data that you have, you can add even text files like shape files, images, whatever you have. And it provides you some, some, meta, some, some parts for you to describe the metadata of this data that you put in uh, in a very, very simple way. And, and then the other design decision was for the specification to be extensible. So we've got the, the basics, uh, the data package, for example, uh, it's just like the name of the data set, where are the files, uh, what's the source, what's the license. But then we got tabular data package that gets this, this specification and enhances it for tabular data. So tabular data package would also have a schema of a file. And, and this extra attribute of this specification, that's the schema, uses this even another specification, that's a table schema, that's a specification to describe uh, the schema of a table. And when I, when I hear about specifications, when I think about specifications, they feel a bit too abstract to me. Uh, it's kind of like, okay, well, what's, what's in, in real terms, what you're talking about? So this is like the most basic data package you can create, the minimal, minimal data package you can create. So a data package has this data package.json file. This is a descriptor file that we call. And it's just a JSON file with some attributes that you, that you need to have. In this case, we have these resources. Resources are the data files. That's an array. And we have a single data file that has a name and has a, a path for where, where the data is. This is very simple, not that, not that useful, right? We're just pointing to, to, to where the data is. Uh, but we already get a little bit useful. And then, you can, as much as you use the specification, as much as you add more information, it gets more useful for you. So here we're adding more like licenses and the source and, and the name of the data set itself. So, okay, so this is frictionless data. Let's now create a data package for this Birmingham schools uh, data set. Uh, we could write the, the JSON directly, like open an editor and write it. It's not, it's not that hard. Uh, but we're using a tool called the Data Package Creator. It's in create.frictionlessdata.io. And here on the left side, we've got the metadata about the data package, like the data set itself. And on the right side, we have the resources, so the data files. So one data package can have multiple files. So the first thing we do here is click on load. To, to load the CSV file that we have. And, and then it gets us this, this box here that if we click on it, it already populates with the columns that you got from the CSV file, and it tries to infer the types of the columns. And sometimes it gets it right, sometimes it gets it wrong, but it already helps you to, like, you don't have a blank state. You, you, you're starting from somewhere already. So if we see each, each different column here and just check the, the type that, that was selected, uh, we see the string, string, here it detected as a number, it is a number. Uh, website, it is a string, but it's also, uh, it's not any string, it's a URI. And, and the last one, this geom. This is, if you see, it's like a JSON file. It's a, it's, so it's not a string, it's a geo-JSON. And, and okay, and we can, we can also change here this path that's got Birmingham.csv because I uploaded, but we can change it to the actual, to the actual path to the, to the file 
to the original file. So, oops. So this gets this. This in turn, we are describing uh, a resource, a file that's that's a remote file, right? Uh, just just to be clear, everything like all all that we're doing here, we are building this JSON file, right? So so everything that we're doing here is just building a JSON file. Uh, we can we can add more information like the name of the data sets, Birmingham schools, uh, list of of schools in Birmingham. And so on. Uh, and here on the down in the left side, there is this validate button that if we click on it, this is going to validate that the data package itself is valid, not the data that it contains, but this, this is a valid data package according to the specification. Uh, and then I can, I can already download this, uh, download the data package, and we can validate it again. Good tables. Uh, it supports data packages. So when we pass it a data package with a schema, it's going to use that schema. But let's validate a different way now, not with, uh, not with the dry good tables. But oh no, sorry, it's not my, my computer, so I can't show you that. But I have a screenshot. So this is the create data package. What I was going to show you is that good tables, you can use good tables in many different ways. The try good tables are your website allows you to use it without having to install anything in your machine. Uh, and it's like useful for one-off validation. But on the on the day-to-day, -day, on like while working with data, uh, the one I really use is the Good Tables a Python library. As everything we do in Open Knowledge, this everything that I'm showing here is open source. So you can just like install this Python library in your computer. And and it, it has a common line application, Good Tables that all the validations that you can do online, you can also do in your local machine, so you don't need to like, submit the data, and we can work with it just passing good tables and the, like the CSV file, or in this case, the data package. And it will get you the, the, the results, the validation results. And if we see, it might be hard to see, but in the bottom here, it's saying that this data package is not valid. It's saying that the, the specific value in Excel in row 196 in column 6 is not uh, format URI. Uh, if I get to the, I think I have a screenshot. Yeah, so this is the same validation, but using the interface, the, the triangle tables interface. That's easier to see. Uh, so it showed me that this specific cell here does not have does not have, like was not valid, was not a valid URI. And the problem is that it's missing the HTTP column slash slash. It's a very small error, it, like for, for, a, for a data set and for the state usually CSVs are in. But it's an error, like if, you, if you're building a, a list of links to the, to the schools and you use this link without the HTTP column slash slash, uh, the link would go to someplace else, not, not the site of the school. And this is always like one-off, I'm validating it, uh, some CSV here and there. Uh, but we also have a continuous data validation. So it, it validates your data set every time it's changing. So you always keep the, the quality of the data set uh, high. And this is a good tables I.O. So if we go here to this uh, good tables, dot IO website. 
So goodtables.io is, is a service that you, that you can validate a data that's in a few different places. Uh, right now we support GitHub and Amazon S3. And this data set, this Birmingham data set, like we saw there, there was an error with the URL. What I've done was I published it on, on my GitHub uh, with the data and fixing the data and, and explaining what, what I have done. And it's also like a data package.json here. I also even like created a, uh, a GeoJSON file with the data. But yeah, so, so it's published. I published this data with my fixes to, to GitHub. And so if I go to goodtables.io, uh, login. Oh, not my computer. <laughs> uh, login, oh, two factor authentication. <laughs> it's very useful to have if you don't. Uh, but not during a presentation. <laughs> oh, just a second. Okay, cool. So we are here, we're logged in. This is the first thing you, you see in Gutebus.io. And then you go to like manage sources. The sources are where your data is that you want to validate. Uh, we've got GitHub and Amazon S3 so far. In the left side are all the repositories I have on GitHub, uh, with a few. And these ones are the ones that are activated, that, that Gutebus.io are actually actively validating. And so if we see the jobs, this is the, the Birmingham schools, the validation. Um, we see that right now it's, it's valid. We got this nice badge here that I also added in the, in the readme, so it's here. And, and every time something changes there on, on GitHub, it will validate and will tell me, like, in this, in this moment here, in this, at this time, it, it found that it was not valid, that was an extra column. Um, we got, so we got, the, we got the history of the validation, and, and it's, always, it's always valid. And, okay, that was good tables. And now, okay, this was it for validation. What we've done, like, you show the good tables uh, to this tabular data validation, super useful, uh, it, even if you are like a data producer or data consumer, because there's very, most data producers are data consumers as well, because they, they, they get data from somewhere and publish as well. So, so this data producer and consumer is a very, it's a very related uh, people, usually it's the same people. And, and we built, like to do this validation, we created this tabular data package to describe the scheme of the data. And we did the validations, we got the, everything good. But now we also have the Tableau data package, right? We, this, this work that we've done to validate is useful for other things as well. Because now any tool that supports the Tableau data package specification can load the schema of your file. Uh, and we, we created libraries in a few different languages, in Python, in R, in Java, JavaScript, Ruby, like most mainstream languages. We have libraries for working with data packages. And for example, in Python, if we're going to use load this data package in Python that we just create, you just import data package, uh, load the, the file that you created. Here I'm getting the, the resource. Remember, data package can have multiple files, multiple resources. We're getting this specific one with the list of schools. 
And here we get in the reading the, the, the data. Uh, reading with this key to prove, so, so the return was going to be a dictionary mapping the, the column names to the value of the cell. And if we print the first row of this, this is what to get. So it is a, it's a dictionary, so the, the number of the columns mapping to the, to the actual uh, cells, the values of the cells. But notice that everything is already converted. Like the numbers, they are not strings, they are, they are numbers. Like remember, CSV has no types. CSV, everything is a string. So because we're loading a data package, and because this data package has this schema, when we do this reading here, under the hood, uh, the data package library is loading the file. It could be a remote file, so it's loading a remote file. Uh, it's validating that the file is correct according to the schema. And it's parsing these this rows for you, so, so the numbers are numbers. Even these GeoJs on that dictionary would be a, 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 like an actual dictionary in Python. And so you get from the data itself to using the data pretty quickly. Like all this, all this work you don't need to do anymore. And if we add just a few lines from, from, this, from this small project to like start loading pandas, matplotlib, we can, we can already load the data that we got. Everything's already uh, converted, already typed, already validated. And we can already like, create a small uh, visualization. And so like, because we have the specifications, because we have this tabular schema, data package, uh, on all of this, tools like that can be built that understand this and do whatever, like, like helping, helping us to do. Pandas itself adopted the table schema specification. The, the data.world guys here also use frictionless data. So they export the data sets that are published there as frictionless data as like this, so you can load. And, and so yeah, specifications are just the basics that we need, right? The, the power, the real power, and the tools that are built with it. Good tables is just one of them. And also lately we have been writing uh, lots of materials about how to publish data, how to work with data, how to validate data quality. Also, thanks for, for the ODI, for the uh, funding from the ODI to, to do this, this work. And we got this field guide that's, uh, the, the idea is to, to build those materials for people that are technical, like everybody that's working with data are technical, but they're not developers. So that's, that's the point of view that we're trying to, to, this is the kind of personas that we're trying to, to get into this material, this field guide. And that was it what I wanted to show you, and thank you. Thank you very much, Vita. Anyone have any questions? If you could, sorry, if you could wait oh, for the mic. That's all right. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah. yeah. I was interested to see that you were dealing with property matters at Birmingham with the council. There, presumably you've got contacts. Are you aware that there is a project going on, a massive one in this country at the moment, to get the 15% of property that is not registered at the land registry registered? And Birmingham is one of the worst areas in the country for not having registered because the council has not done any, any voluntary registrations. Now, that would seem to be a great use for this 
one thing that did worry me was with the schools amongst the basic interest, you haven't actually got a UPRN, unique property reference number down there, really. Are you thinking of extending what you're doing with the council? Um, so I, I don't work with the council. I just live in Birmingham. Yeah. And so I just went to the, like, the data portal that they have, and it looked like an interesting data set, as an example. Yeah. Uh, that, that's it. But I, like, I, don't, I don't work with the council, and I don't. I don't know the people that did this. That's great commercial opportunities here. Yeah, land because registry Because cleaning data. up the da data of properties that have been held for hundreds of years, quite literally, desperately needs something like this. Yeah. And I'd ask you to get in on the game. You might also like to contact the land registry as well, because mm -hmm. it could make a great difference in fact, to the way that we move houses if we can get the software behind the project that is needed. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much. Thank you. Um, any other questions? Okay. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, just a Hi, Vitor. Thanks for the presentation. Um, you showed a, a few different tools with good tables and uh, the, uh, the creator for uh, data packages. Do you know of any organizations that has created kind of an overarching tool that allows them to use those different tools in, in their workflows? Mm. Not the specific tools that, that I showed you, uh, but the workflow of like getting data, creating a data package, creating uh, the, the table schema and publishing it. Uh, yes, we got the we got the uh, the ODI in Australia, right? Uh, doing like data curator, this tool. Uh, we got the datahub.io. That's that's a new project by by Rufus Pollock, uh, the Open Knowledge founder, that also are, are building these tools to well, basically a data publishing tool that as part of the publishing process is to create a data package, create a schema and metadata and all of that. So there are a few. Thank you. Any other questions? Yeah. Yeah. Data factory. I think it's the company that built this portal. But it's nothing to do, for example, with how you can provide as a service data yeah no it's it's a, it's just like the, the people that do this data portal for by me but yeah i don't i don't work with them and it's just so in this type of let's say data preparation mm -hmm. how you link them with analytics do you do also provide this service in software analytics you mean yeah. the actual analysis of the data yeah. analytical tools yeah, yeah. so we also do that at Open Knowledge, like when we want to, uh, we have this project, for example, Open Trials that, that work with clinical trials data, and we are looking at some discrepancies in the way the clinical trials were, were being registered. And so we've done some analysis in this kind of data, yes. Uh, but for this specific one that I showed, the, the frictionless data, the good tables, they, they are more uh, dealing up until you start the analysis, right? So this is like getting the data, and you do the cleaning process, the understanding what the data is and what each field is, and then you start doing your analysis. 
my question is, you start, let's say, prepare the data, then do the analysis, and then do the results. So how you can prepare data if you don't know already what you want to reach? It's, it's a cyclical, right? It's a cyclical thing. You, you get the data. No, no, the cyclical, the, the, in a sense of a cyclical process that you're like understanding the data and then do some analysis and then understanding the data more. The, the fact that you are reading the data and understanding the data better kinds of feedbacks into your analysis and, and so on. So it's a, it's a cycle in this sense of process. And this is dealing about the Sorry. metadata, dealing with that metadata part of, oh, of the cycle. I have a question. Uh, so what, what's your vision for frictionless data? Where would you like it to end up? How much would you like it to be used and by who? Um, the, the main thing about frictionless data are really the specifications. So we're starting to see more people using those specifications to build the tools, like the data world, the tools that we already built, mm -hmm. uh, Pandas and others. So, so when we have this common language that the tools can communicate between each other, so we can start like moving data around between tools mm -hmm. without losing information from the data, without using this metadata. Mm -hmm. So as, as much tools adopt, like as many things in life, specifications are, are, are better when you do it together, right? Mm -hmm. A specification that only one person uses, it's, it's useless. <laughs> so yeah, this is what I'd like. Yes, you should come back. Ah, cool. Um, any other questions? Yeah. yeah. What was the name of the first application that you presented, and how can we access it? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's not uh, goodtables.io, but the one before. Uh, try try .goodtables.io. Ah, okay. Cool. Forgot to put that one. Uh, and also, like, there is a Gitter chat that's like a Slack, a chat that you can join and you can talk like uh, at the same moment if you want to talk. Great. Um, unless. I can't see any questions online. So unless there's any other questions here, then I think we can wrap up. So please join me in, in thanking Vita. Um, Next week, we have a lecture from Izzy Champion, who's a consultant here at the ODI, on uh, new service delivery models and how open data can help, data in general can help. So come next week if you can. You've been listening to a Friday lunchtime lecture brought to you by the Open Data Institute.